Welcome back to Bible study to Jonah chapter 1. Maybe the last time I say that. Um, welcome back, John. Good to see you. And God bless you. Thank you, Tim. We will, I think we'll make some progress today. I can't remember who, I, I think, John, you're going to read and I'll, I'll pray. Right. Well, I'm reading from the first chapter of the book of Jonah, and I'm going to read through to from verses 1 to 16. Not 1 17, 1 to 16. I haven't made a mistake. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. And then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may, so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he told them. And then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, but they could not for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. And therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Thank you. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, again we come before these, these scriptures and acknowledge um, who we are before you, your, your goodness, your grace, your love, your forgiveness towards us. We pray, Lord, that we will hear from you during the, this short time of study pray, Lord, that we will be faithful to the scriptures that, that we uh, talk about, and we pray, Lord, that all, all who are watching this program will hear from you, and that we would uh, uh, move, move out into whatever um, 
work that we have, we would move out uh, guided by you, uh, testifying to your goodness of standing um, faithfully as your servants in these days. So we ask, Lord, you'll help us and even give us wis wisdom and insights during, during the, these, uh, this discussion, maybe things we haven't even thought of. We pray that you will quicken us and that we'll all uh, hear from you and be led by your Spirit. Amen. 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 Okie dokie. So, um, now, I, the, the, what strikes me is that, uh, that Jonah, when he's cornered, as it were, when the Lord... There's nowhere to hide, is there? I mean, it's, it's, it's there in Psalm uh, 139. Yes. Absolutely. We can't, you know, if the Lord has his hand on our lives, they're, 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 you, you can try any. Mm -hmm. And Jonah knew that, of yeah. course. He knew yeah. Psalm 139. Of course exactly. he did. Exactly. He knew. It was established that David came before. He would have known that. Yes. Very, very profound. Um, Derek, where do you want to start with this, um, with this uh, scripture that we've read? We're going to talk about... Um, you know, where, where, yeah, what's the Lord saying to us for well, this passage? Clearly God's telling Jonah to honor, sending him on a mission. Mm. And uh, we'll find out why later he does not want to do it. Yeah. Um, he is concerned about the consequences. And um, in a way, obviously Jonah is wrong. And sometimes people ascribe the worst possible motives to Jonah. But I think as we're going to see, he's... Uh, he is actually uh, has a number of positive qualities, and he um, his motivations aren't really self. They're not selfish. They are, as we're going to see in this chapter, he's willing to to give up his life. Mm. Um, he does have reasons why. Um, he, he's kind of getting into pride a little bit that he thinks he knows better than God and he doesn't want to, mm. to preach this warning message to the Ninevites and uh, for them to repent and then God will spare them and then God will later use Assyria to judge Israel. Mm. So he, he gets above his pay grade and he wants to... He just doesn't want to be part of bringing Israel's destruction about. So rather, he would rather resign. I, I, it's mm. almost like he's not giving up his faith in God, but he just doesn't want to be the prophet, or he certainly yeah. doesn't want this message. So he wants to get himself out of the equation. And I guess he's kind of thinking, if I just go off to Tarshish, um, maybe lead a quiet life, God will leave me alone. Yeah, it's <laughs> but God, God loves us too much <laughs> to leave us alone, you know. Uh, <laughs> and and jo John, he, he, you know, he's using... The, the folks who don't know the Lord yes. to draw Jonah yeah. back in. Yes, he is. And, and, and the, number of the, the, way, the way this whole account is recorded, I, it, it says, you can see immediately, the Lord's on the case. He, he can't run away. And the Lord is intimately involved. None of these are acts of nature. They're acts of God. Mm. And, and it, it says in, in verse 4, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. The Hebrew says the Lord hurled a great yeah. wind. Yeah. I love that word. Yes. Hurled it, it, it. You can sort of imagine the Lord standing on the yes. seashore, hurling this thing. out. It, you know, he's in complete control. Yeah. Yeah. It, you say send a wind, you think, well, yeah, winds come and winds go, mm. and this was hurled. Yeah. And, and Jonah knew it. Mm. Um, and, and 
and mm. the, the, the seamen knew something was wrong. They just knew it. Now, how did they know? Were they picking up something in the spirit? They just knew something was wrong and somebody on board was responsible for it. Yeah. And of course the Lord knew how they were going to react. Mm. And they reacted. So, so that, it, this is the, the interesting thing, because that really was superstition. Yeah. Um, and they cast lots, but as you say, the Lord knew. I mean, we yeah. do all sorts of things yeah. in our the, lives, but the Lord, this is a, a big subject. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, is it orchestrated well, by or, the Lord, or is it? Orchestrated by the Lord. Uh, yeah. what, even the, the fact that they cast lots, or, or is it? Well, he knows what's in their hearts yes. and where, you know, human nature goes that's, that doesn't have God within it. It's almost like a, a predictable pathway that they would... But you, you see know. how merciful they are. Yes. The judgment has come, it's Jonah. And, and Jonah's saying, the only way out of this, you've got to throw me into the sea. But yes. they don't. They try to row to shore. They That's don't want right. to throw him overboard. Yeah. They don't want to kill him. So there's the humanity there. The humanity, the, the, the mercy is yeah. operating. Mm, that's absolutely right. Um, um, but then, it, 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 but it's, they've all prayed to their gods. Yeah. The captain comes down and says, wake up, you. Mm. Now it's your turn. You haven't been involved upstairs. You pray to your god. Where they realised he wasn't one of them, yeah. he he was different, come from somewhere else, but he must have a god because everybody has a god. Yeah. Um, pray so, to your god. Let's see if we can get any sense out of him. So that's given us a lot to talk about. <laughs> and we we will try and get through chapter one, but you know, through history and today, there are many folk who have their gods, and you know, folks, uh, the the the, who's, the syncretists would say, well. You know, we're just one of. And those who have the many gods would say, Jesus is just one of. How do you clinch it in terms of giving the distinctive message of... Jonah clinches it. Thank you. Jonah mm -hmm. clinches it. But he, he does. He said, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry yes. land. Mm -hmm. He presents him as creator. And by the way, that's exactly what Paul did in Athens. Yeah. Yes. When he was presented with these many sort of ideas, because gods, the, the, the gods with the small g are really just ideas of man searching for God, aren't they? They're not, they don't exist. They're not, they aren't really gods. They are entities in, in, in the mind. And that's why the atheists, especially the militant atheists, will say, well, so is our God. It's just something that's been manufactured from the human mind. But that is not how uh, the Lord presents himself. It's, it's completely against that, um, that yeah. approach. Yes, and I think that um, we, because we live in a, in a godless age, you might say, we, we have to go even back to where Jonah did, which is, you know, the basic idea of God and who God is. Yeah. Of course, they, they were religious people, mm. and they would have believed... And they came from Joppa. So, you know, they came out of, you know, the, the, the milieu of, of Israel where there was belief. Yeah, well, yeah. yes, they, they would have been aware of that. Mm. And they also, apparently the Phoenicians would use, you know, row, the rowers would have been from a variety of nations. Okay. So it all taught, they would all have their different kind of patron gods. Yeah. And so they believed in this pantheon of gods. And... You know, they, they would, but they knew that to create a storm like this required one of the, the big 
pig shooters, yes. the big cosmic gods. <laughs> yes. But Jonah kind of goes over the top of them and says, you know, I worship the God who created the whole thing. I'm not talking about one of these intermediate ones, not yeah. that they exist, yes. of course, but I'm, I, be I believe yeah. in, the, you know, in the top God, the yeah. creator. Yes. And, and so in a way he has to start by proclaiming, yeah. you know, the, the one true God. Okay. And, and people nowadays often don't have that basic concept. And this is my great passion, <coughs> is that we have to get back into schools, the teaching of God, the Creator, because it is been, it's been signed out of contracts. I, I saw a contract for, you know, all these academies that have been set up, they explicitly say you can't, you can only put Christianity into religious studies teaching, you can't bring it into science, and you can only, and you have to sign a contract, you can only teach the hypothesis of evolution. I've seen it, yeah. in black and white. So. Um, for me, if you can't, so as you say, Jonah just nailed it, didn't he? Yeah. Right, he, that is the defining feature that God, God is the creator and that everything else flows from that. And there was something about the intensity of that. I mean, these were experienced sailors, but they have not seen anything like this. Mm. And as probably it totally came out of nowhere. Mm. And they, they must have known partly from the storm and maybe spiritually that this is, this is not normal. This is, uh, this is something quite exceptional and therefore, and their idea of the gods as well, they're rather ca capricious and kind of, you know, you, you, might, you might get, yeah, you might get your, this god, some god up there has, has got in a bad mood for some reason and one of us has, has ticked him off and mm. we, we've, we, you know, we've got to try and get our, our different gods to, to put a word in to, to yeah. try and, we've got to find a way of appeasing this, yeah. this upset deity. And, um, and of course, God, of course, controls the lots, That's right. which he's able to do. He isn't necessarily going to do it every time. But yeah. in this case, he, God is, is clear throughout the whole book of Jonah. God is in total control of, mm. of everything, mm. you know. And, um, and so, obviously, the, all the fingers point to Jonah mm. because God is not going to let Jonah get away with, uh, with hiding. Yeah. You know, which is when we, we want to hide from God sometimes, you know, if we've got a feeling that he's calling us to do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we just want to hide away. So I think <laughs> Peter God, God's again... God's not going to let that happen. You know, you know I, 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 and of course we put our, sh our feet in his shoes as well, but Peter's there on uh, when Jesus is at the house of Caiaphas and he's trying to sort of be there warming the fire and be one of, of the folk around and then they keep pointing at him and poor Jonah's the same. They, he, he, the Lord is not going to let him get away with hiding out. No. But credit to got, Jonah. What are you looking at, Jonah? No, I was just yeah. looking at Psalm 125. Yeah, please. You know, Psalm 107, verse 25. Yeah. Which says, For he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves of the sea. Yes. Um, there's no question. And again, you know, Jonah would have been aware of that. Yeah. Uh, and he's just saying what he knows to be true. There's a storm. The Lord causes it. Therefore, yeah. I can say this with absolute confidence. And this is the point. So God created the sea. Fine. Uh, he, he created the elements. He created the pressure imbalances and, you know, that cause up uh, winds. But... God enabled it to happen at that point in time. Yes. 
famous in the Sea of Galilee, at a certain point. Yes. And that's where the power is displayed. Yes. Because other than that, people can think, well, we, we can calculate. We've got our instruments. We can yes. calculate how to navigate the seas. Mm. Um, but God intervenes by changing or, or timing something yes. which is very dramatic. Yeah. And that, that's a principle, isn't it? In, uh, you know, through the scriptures and today. I think so. When and there's uh, a shaking. Uh, yeah. And that, the, the, the other example is, of course, with Paul in the book of Acts, when the, they, they were at sea and the ship was breaking up and an angel appeared and yeah. God intervened. He was in complete control of that event. And then you look at what happened when they got to shore. He, this was a play. This was a prescriptive play being, being performed. And uh, he's always in charge. He's always working it out. Mm. We see that again and again, and it's just... Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so I, don't, I, I think we've all done a bit of study at university and the like, and you know, science, so to speak. But there's, there's nothing in, in science that says that, you know, if uh, the molecules can be rearranged in different ways and that you know, dynamics can happen. And they have all of their theories of, of how we came to be but they haven't really cracked it, have they? How we came to be, you know, living, sentient beings no, with a conscience of it, it knowledge of right and wrong. Explain the origin of... of doesn't explain yeah. the origin of either matter or life. It explains the functioning somewhat. Yes. But not the origin. Yes. And there's a big difference. There's no... Although they're trying. They try, aren't they? They, they, they really try are. hard. They try hard, but they're dishonest. I don't mean willfully dishonest, but if they, at every step of their conclusions, they they test it, say, but wishfully how dishonest. could this be? Yeah. You know, the, the argument will fall apart very, very, very soon. It yeah. just it can't hold up. No. Yeah. There, there is no credible explanation, naturalistic explanation, no, for the origin of life, for example. That's right. It's just too much information, too much complexity. It just can't happen by itself. You know? And yet, the spin doctors, you know, okay, they're going to Mars, they can, they can you know, uh, manufacture a bit of oxygen out of the carb carbon dioxide up there, so, you know, and, and look at the structure of the land there. So there must have been life there that somehow spontaneously formed it's through aliens it's <laughs> absurd, who came it? on a meteor from it's outer space. I mean, it's, it's just as bizarre absurd. as you can come. It doesn't explain it. It doesn't explain it. It doesn't explain, it. explain there's the origin. A, there's almost right. a, no, it can't explain it because it's mathematically impossible. Yes. You know, yes. I don't care how many billion years. It's yes. just mathematically impossible. Yeah, that's right. And that's been essentially proved. Just that's to right. assemble one protein yeah. is mathematically impossible, let alone a living cell. But they're desperate to find life, say, on, yeah. on Mars or wherever, because somehow that will justify this yeah. atheistic so, viewpoint. You know, but, so, but we, you know, it's easy for them to attack us, but we say, well, what evidence do you have? And, and then, uh, but we have to, as it were, we've got our scriptures and we present the case. Yes, that we have. but any, you know, just a, at a basic scientific level, you can deal with a lot of this. I mean, they don't. And then you go into the realms of philosophy. I don't pretend to be a philosopher, but, you know, the very s science of a word of existence. You cannot exist if there isn't something to cause you to exist. Mm, right. It can't happen. There's action and reaction, cause and effect. Right. And you can't have a, a reaction if there's no action. You can't have life being created if there's nobody to create it. It just, it, the argument falls and apart. you can't have the laws of no, mathematics. No, you can't. These things cannot happen by themselves. Yeah. It just can't happen. You know, fundamentally, belief in a God, 
in a creator God is, is rational. It is. But as the Bible says, to be not believe in that there's a creator God, that somehow nothing became something, that is fundamentally irrational. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, why it says the fool, it's a foolish thing to say there isn't a God. That's right. yeah. Because the only credible explanation is that there is yeah. a God, a self-existent God who created everything. You know, you know, of course, they would say, who created God? But that's a silly question. Because right, by because definition, God. God is God. That's it. Yes. He's uncreated. He's, yes. He's self-existent, yeah. and um, you can't apply probability theory to that. No. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, we come back to the fact that um, <coughs> there we are. God, God is in charge, uh, but then it's you know over to you, Jonah. Jo Jonah still. I don't mean over to you, John. Jo <laughs> Jonah, you know. <laughs> well, there's a connection between John and Jonah, isn't there? There is. I would have thought so. In the name. Yeah. I'm sure there yes, is, so. yes. yes. But, but anyway, Jonah had to step up at that point, as we all do. You know, we're, we're put, um, sometimes, you know, in our weakness, we, we, we try and avoid, uh, you know, being cornered. But that's when the Lord really, you know, well, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before yeah, the Father. To Jonah's credit, he, he comes, he makes a strong proclamation. He doesn't mince his words. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, under that pressure, he declares his faith. Yeah. yeah. And he puts his life on the line. So we mustn't, you know, sometimes I listen to things on Jonah and they paint him as the most horrendous person. Coward. Or whatever, God. yeah. You know, in a, in a way, I think he wrote this book against himself. I mean, there's mm. a reason for that. But uh, we, we need to see the positive and the negative. That's it. But here... He, I mean, he's very successful in his ministry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though he's a bit reluctant about it, he, 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 he is a man of God and he declares the truth in yeah. such a way, in a powerful way, that yeah. this whole, I don't know how many sailors there were, but it seems like they, they all yeah. come to believe in yes. Jehovah. Yeah, it you does know. seem that. Uh, um, and <clears throat> prior to this great statement in verse 9, he, he had obviously told them, why he was there. I mean, it appears as though he had already told them. Yes, no, if it says he told them. Yeah. He, said, he, was he told them, at, told them but either then he, or before. Did he say it yeah. then or before? That's true. Um, but it, it, it doesn't get him off the hook. In one sense, he, 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 if he'd have just kept his mouth shut, you know, he wouldn't be in so much trouble with them. No. Uh, but they, it says, why have you done this to us? Yes. Mm. But remember, all his, all his actions are prophetic of the Lord. Yes, go so, on, uh, summarise those. Yeah. Well, and we're going to see some more yeah, as, it, as it yeah. progresses. But here so far, we've, we, we've got him in prophetic action, Lord, asleep in the storm, yeah. completely unfazed by it. Of course, in the natural, there might have been other reasons for it, but this, yeah. is, this is the prophetic reason. Yeah. Totally un, un, unfazed by the storm. Mm -hmm. He pro then procl proclaims God for who he is, and now he's prepared to die for the people mm. to be saved. So we see these prophetic actions mm. Uh, which you know, like which a type point, of Christ, which point towards Christ, which is uh, what Moses did. I mean, he, yeah. he literally said, "Take me." Yeah, yeah. Instead of the people, when That's God right. said, "I'd strike, strike them down." Yeah, I mean, he does have a concern. He's willing to die. He does have a concern for those sailors. Yeah, you know, it's not that he he's unconcerned about them because they're Gentiles. Yeah, you know, he does have a concern. He knows that he's the cause of this storm, yeah. Yeah. and they're kind of collateral potentially collateral damage. Mm. And he is, 
he takes responsibility in a sense. He, I don't think he's quite repentant yet in terms no. of, no. God, I'll do it. No, no. <laughs> he still doesn't want to do it because he still doesn't want to be the instrument of, of saving Israel's enemies, as it were. Yeah. But he, you know, he... He is not a coward, and he is. Um, and it's interesting the way they, they say, "Why have you done this?" I don't know yeah. what. It's almost like you're telling me that this is this awesome God you serve, and what is that about? That you are yeah. re rebelling. You know, yeah, and it's like, of course, Jonah knows that God is very compassionate in that. You know, if it yes. was Zeus, maybe he yes. wouldn't. You wouldn't dare. dare to do you know, it. Yeah. but because he knows that God is compassionate, he's hoping that in a way he can negotiate something with God. And he can be like the sacrifice yes. thrown into the sea. Yes. And they'll, you know, that will be, as it were, the but he, but he knows, judgment. But he knows prophetically that when yeah. he's thrown into the sea, I the sea is going to be calm. This is a fantastic statement. God has put that in his heart. Yes. This is the Holy Spirit speaking That's through him. very powerful. Uh, without a shadow of doubt. And think, you know, when he's thrown into the sea and the sea becomes calm, what impact that out on the sailors. Just imagine it. We read through it, we go through the verse, yeah. on to the next verse. But just put yourself on the deck of that ship, raging and pitching and rolling. They've thrown all the cargo over, it's still pitching. They throw Jonah over it, he hits the water, calm as a mill pond. Yeah. No wonder they were frightened. It's, it's massive, and no wonder that they turned to the Lord. No, no wonder. Point. No wonder. Um, and so we often think about, the story of Jonah is all about Nineveh, but it's as much, you know, ultimately, yes. but it's as much as, as reaching out to these sailors. Yes. It's absolutely, and, and, and the account of it, proclaiming God's greatness to those who read it, yeah. um, and down through the centuries. Mm. It's extraordinary, and, and you see how frightened they were, and, and we see this again, you know, when we look at the Jesus calming the storm, mm. how terrified they were in the boat when he did it. They come face to face with the holiness of God, with the power of God, to, to Jesus who can do what no other man can do. He can command the storm. Mm. And they know there's only one person who can command the storm, and that's God. And so therefore, I Jesus must be God. Yes. And they're frightened. Yeah. They're terrified. This is quite important. Mm. These people are terrified. Mm. This terror, you see it time again, it rises when people come face to face, or confronted by, a better word, the holiness of God. Mm. You see it when... Uh, Jesus tells Peter, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And they bring in this haul of fish and Peter drops to his knees before the Lord and says, I forget what depart he says. Depart from me. But depart I from me. You. Because he comes face to face with yeah. the holiness of God. And then, of course, when they're crossing the sea in the storm and he calms the storm, they land the other side and we have the deliverance of the demoniac. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the word goes out and the villagers all come. Now, you think about these villagers. You know, there were the young boys. They're probably kind of throwing stones at the demoniac, oh, yes, yeah. shouting names at him from a safe distance. Oh, this has been a source of amusement yeah. and suddenly there's this man they're sitting there at the feet of the Lord who's totally calm mm. and what do they tell him to do Good. go away yeah. they've come face to face with the holiness of God and they can't handle it go away and and these people they resort to holy yeah. terror they realize mm. they're in awe of what has happened mm. it's very very powerful isn't it it is it's very powerful um, uh, Jesus said that a greater than Jonah is here, you know, yes. he would yes. say this about himself. Yes. So he is definitely saying that Jonah is a type of himself. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, the typology starts here because mm. jo Jonah, I think, in obedience to God, mm. is, knows that 
to, to as it were, to stop the, the, this is the wrath of God, as it were, coming down on the, on the people. Um, he must give his life in exchange for theirs lives. He, he becomes the substitute. He dies so that the, they can live. Yeah. And of course, he's a, great, he's a greater than Jonah because Jonah is basically dying because of his own sin. Yeah, but, but of course, Jesus died for our sins. Yeah. And, and, as soon, and by doing that, immediately the wrath of God upon our sin is, is, is satisfied. And, and so God, those sailors are under God's mercy. And because they all believe, um, they, they now are saved, I believe. The distinctive of the Christian message is this voluntary laying down your life rather than you know, sacrificing a child or sacrificing an animal to appease a, a, a God, it's, it's literally Philippians 2. You know, you humble yourself, you lay down your life. I think that is unique to the Christian message, but I may, I may be wrong. But it is a very, very powerful mm. um, thing. The other thought that came to me is that, you know, blessed are those who believe without seeing. So here, there's a process where they see the demonstration of God's power and the fulfillment of prophecy, and then they believe. And it seems like that was necessary. But the Lord said to Thomas at the resurrection, blessed are you, you know, blessed are those who believe without seeing. And then the other one the Lord said was, well, some people won't believe even if someone's raised from the dead in front of yes. them. So it isn't just a matter of having a physical sign. No, it's not. It, it's obviously the, the manner in which that sign is presented, and this without and it's God's timing, and it's God's timing and God's purpose. Yeah, and and of course you have to remember, although the Bible is for all men uh, through all time, uh, who was that statement addressed to um, when when Jesus said, "You blessed are those who believe and yeah. don't see." What he's speaking to is the Jewish people who have the knowledge through the Scriptures, mm. but don't believe because they want a sign, a which point. is a different thing talking about a Gentile who, yeah. I know God is in creation, so they're not completely without yeah. excuse, but they ha they're not steeped in the story and account of God, which he gives them in the scriptures, yeah. uh, like the Jewish people are. And he said, if you, if you believe and you've not seen, because of what you've got, because yeah. of the scriptures, and you've not seen any miracle, you're blessed. Because there are many people who don't see. So I was sort of teasing yeah. it out earlier that, you know, who have Tom, all of these false gods. Thomas did see and he did believe. Yes. And to me, the key is how, I believe that although it may not be as dramatic as in the Jonah story or dramatic as in Jonah, I believe God gives every person, if you like, a God moment. That's right. Mm. Situation in their life or, or a moment of awareness, mm. um, however it may come, where God in a sense makes himself known to that person. Mm. And it's how, Very powerful point, how they respond to that, mm. I think, is the key thing. That yeah. kind of defines your, your life. Yeah. You know, when that awareness of God, whether it's connected to physical, dramatic physical circumstances or not, I, I do believe God is doing that for and every He does person. do that, and some have many God moments. I mean, in God's, by his grace, mm. he gives some more opportunities than other, you know, who knows why. Um, by his grace, he does that. Yeah. And some right at the end of their life, mm. tragically, you know, they've, they've neglected and then finally they do um, humble themselves. That's, that, that's very powerful. I mean, Romans 1 says, so um, 
there may be no excuse. Yeah. I, I always believe that, I, I, well, not always believe, I mean, scriptures are clear, that there will be no excuse. God has revealed himself. And Genesis 6.3 says, My spirit will not strive for man forever. But during a human lifetime, the Holy Spirit is striving mm. with, with every single human being. Mm. And Jesus said, When I uh, you know, ascend, uh, when I'm lifted up, rather, I will draw all men to myself. Mm. So God is working in every human heart. Mm. And uh, This is what I was trying to tease out earlier about the many gods, because the thing is, it's universally applicable the gospel. It's not just yes. for a few Christians who go to church and watch Revelation TV. It's not. It's for every... And so that God moment point is really powerful, I think. Mm -hmm. the, 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 there's, there's many ways that God can reveal himself. Yeah. But the easiest way is if people do, you know, have, have um, an opportunity to and read his word. If we respond... Meet fellow Christians. Sorry, forget. No, carry on. No, go for it. If we respond positively you know, in those moments, and, and, it, and our heart turns more to God. I believe that opens the way for God to bring more. So, you know, if there's somebody listening, for instance, who is just seeking God, they don't really know God, but, you know, just if you respond to the light you have, and if you really pray, God, show me more of yourself. Show me, I want to know the truth. And, and just open your heart to God in that way. I guarantee that he will, he will bring more in the, we can't predict how he'll do it. People or things that you hear or understandings will come to you and God will respond to that. Because we're, we're not universalists. I mean, uh, it, it's universally applicable, but we're not saying everyone no, is going to accept. Not. Absolutely Lord. not. And we have to be very careful about using the implicit to trump the explicit. And scriptures are very clear in places. You know, God <laughs> desires that all men will be saved. Mm. But they won't be, and he clearly knows it, mm. and um, and he makes it very clear that you know mm. in Ephesians that he's preordained and he's, yeah. he's for, these are his people, and not one of them will escape. Yeah. There won't be anybody in heaven who shouldn't be there, yeah. and there won't be anybody not there who should be. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit moves upon us. There's a sense in which well, the that, strange thing is that no no one who doesn't want to be, as yeah. it were. It's almost the will is, it's, is it, ongoing yes. in rebellion. It, well, Those who do not want well, to they, accept They were never God's going offer. to be. But Jesus made it perfectly clear, you cannot come to me unless my Father draws you. That's He's right. absolutely clear right. about yeah. it. And, and that our minds are enmity with God. Mm. We don't think they are, but they are. And, and at some point, the Holy Spirit moves upon his people, whoever they are. And we can't make judgments about this. I'm just saying what the Scripture says. I'm not a Calvinist, I'm a Biblicist. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the, Holy Scripture, the, the Holy Spirit moves That's upon right. people and causes them to believe. Now, for each one of us, that'll be a different process. But there's a sense in which you're saved before you're saved, before you know you're saved, because the Holy Spirit has made it possible. I, it, for those who are his, it does those who are, For those who are his, it does before it. the foundation it does it. of the earth. Absolutely so, That's point and Spurgeon put it beautifully I wish I could remember it verbatim um, I'm glad we got John fired up by the way <laughs> you know, I think. but he, he Spurgeon talks about you know the Lord not overriding the will yeah. but yet he has a key to the will which he comes and opens in a way which doesn't override your will yeah. but releases it That's quite and and um, the other scripture that is he does not, in 2 Peter 3 I think he doesn't want any to perish yes but all to come to repentance now um, that's what God wishes, and yes. that explains, in my mind, the whole of human history, God's patience, yes. not yes. wanting to give everyone that opportunity yes. for what you said, the God yes. moment. That's right. Yeah. 
What else can we get out of this uh, chapter one? Well, we're talking about it being um, salvation. Yeah. So if we, if we think of that parallel, the men don't actually want to throw Jonah overboard. That, that is that's the, the way of salvation, and there is only one way of salvation, is for that substitutionary sacrifice. There, there's no way around it. Yes, no way. But instinctively, and I'm just interpreting it through this typology, yeah. instinctively they want to have another way. Yeah. Man wants to save himself. Yeah. So in a way... Yeah, rowing. We're rowing. As as if I can. just try harder, yes. if I try and do more good works, more religious stuff, yes. Yes. then yes. maybe I can reach shore. Maybe I can reach heaven. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and of course, that God makes sure that fails. Mm. Of course, that is um, human instinct in Babel as well. We will build our way to works, heaven. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's a really big subject, and, isn't and it? And they have to come to the end of themselves yeah. of that. Every person's got to come to the end of themselves as, no, I'm not good enough. I, I can't I think, do it I, I don't know who told me this. It might have been Doug Harris. What distinguishes? Because I always used to sort of catch him when he was at the Christian Resources exhibitions and you know, throw in a good question and he, and he would see a twinkle in my eye. But he, and what is it that distinguishes? Because he, he did reach out trust for the cults and the uh, false religions. What distinguishes Christianity? And it is justification by faith. Mm. Yeah. You're not, it's not religion, it's not by works. Yeah. Not and by I think works. when you drill down into all the religions, they are, I mean, these people are religious, they appeal yes. to their gods. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I think you've got it, the rowing. Yeah says it all, that it, they were trying does. to get there. And, and uh, as Derek said, it's a, such an important phrase. When you come to the realisation that you're not good enough, that's the point. Yeah. That's such an important yeah. point. The you can't you earn need this. God. It's a free gift, mm. yeah. totally free. We don't deserve it. Yeah. Nobody deserves it more than anybody else or less than anybody. It's yeah. utterly free. Not only is it free, but the faith to believe is a free gift as well. Yeah. You can't manufacture that. So it all has to start with God. You can't say, I choose to believe. You think you're saying it, but the truth is that God has made it possible for you to say that. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Oh, it's that, awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> that, that song we used to sing, years we were talking to Derek earlier about that when we did Bible study seven, eight years ago, or more, um, we'd always play a song in the New Morden studios. And I remember one of them was, man needs God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and it was as simple as that. Yeah. Man needs God. Yeah. And, and some resolutely refuse to accept that they need God. Yeah. You know, they reject the God moment. There's another nuance in that verse. I think it's verse 13. It's like the harder they tried to row, the storm got stronger. Yes. Classic. And it's, it's, it kind of agrees in a way with Romans 7 and the idea that the, the harder we try to keep all the laws, mm. we activate the sin nature more because we are, good, we are yes. activating our pride. Yeah. We, we are, the more we try and do it our way, albeit morally, yeah. trying to be good, yeah. but it's us, not God in yeah. us. Um, Very good. It actually, we get into a worse state. You know, there's nothing worse than a religious sinner, a self-righteous religious sinner, as Jesus found with the Pharisees. You know, so by rowing harder, you might think that's a good thing, but actually the storm just got worse. He he found himself in more opposition to God because God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. 
So it's just interesting how the details give us a wonderful picture of salvation. Yes. You had to accept. Yeah. You know, you have to humble yourself, don't you, to accept a free gift. They can't earn it. No. They have to let Jonah give himself away. And that's so important that it becomes harder and harder and harder to row. And the only solution is Jonah overboard, the death, the substitutionary death. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's very bad. So who would have thought, you see, I mean, um, if we say in people's minds about the story of Jonah, who would have thought that this was hidden there before he's even then got to the fish? And will you get, you get one other very interesting little bit, little little, um, bit here in, just before they threw him overboard, yeah, I think it is, yeah, before they, yeah, before they, in verse 14, therefore, so they're, they're about to do it, they're getting ready to chuck him over the side, therefore they cried out to the Lord, and notice it's capitalised Lord, so they're crying out to Yahweh, Yes. therefore they cried out to, to, to Yahweh and said, we pray, O Yahweh, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done it as it please you. Mm. There's shades of Pilate's wife there mm. Mm. before the crucifixion. Mm. 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 And I think we're going to see and by the end of Nessa. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. You know, I think we'll see. You know, a lot of times we think when Jesus said, you know, he's the greater than Jonah, he's just talking about the three days and three nights. Yeah. But actually, I think we're going to see pretty much in every chapter, it's not just that. Obviously, that's yeah. the high point. Mm. But... It, it's it, the whole book is a type of Jesus from yes. beginning to end. Mm. Um, uh, that that it's designed actually to be a prophetic type of the Messiah and an outstanding one. Mm. Chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, mm. uh, um, all of it. Absolutely. Um, uh, another thing from this this rowing is that even as believers we can find ourselves, you know, we're not, we're not trying to be justified by works, but we, we, we're sort of really digging a hole and not going anywhere. And sometimes we just need to see the bigger picture and, and step, you know, that it's, and we fail because we do that. You know, we, we fail. It seems to get harder and harder. You know, it, it may be a project we're doing for the Lord and we really believe this is of him, but it isn't. It's not that we're trying to be justified by it, but we've just, you know, um, forgotten. I, I suppose what we've forgotten is Matthew 11, and it does, I suppose, it does um, key into this salvation by works or God's, you know, trying to attain God's law. But, but the Lord in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's basically setting a standard for the Jewish, it's very much for the Jewish um, audience, that's beyond the law. <laughs> You know, if you think it's hard enough to keep however many commandments there are um, in, in the law of Moses, they, um, he was saying, be perfect, don't think in your heart. So they, they were being crushed by this yes. striving yeah. to, to attain it. And then he says, take, take my yoke yeah. uh, yes. upon you. Yes. Learn from me. Yes. And that's, that's where we have, as Christians have to get as well in our Christian walk, I think. Because we are saved by grace yeah. apart from works. But then, then we've got to live by grace. But actually living by grace does involve our works of obedience. Yes. But the issue is, are, are we... The issue is, are we singing our own song or are we harmonising with God? Mm. We've got to let him be the melody and then yeah. we harmonise with him. And his grace... Uh, 
you know, in John 3, it talks about, the, it's like this, for anyone who's born again, the spirit, who's the wind, blows where he wishes. So now we've got the spirit in us and he wants to carry us along. Yeah. We, we need to put up the sails of our soul and let him yeah. carry. And that will involve our obedience. Or we don't have the sails out and we're just rowing in our own strength, (laughs) trying to do it, you know. And and then it becomes very hard work and... um, Because I think many Christians, they've got got it, I think, evangelicals, that, you know, we're saved by faith and we become born again. Mm. But then that's it. But you're you're on your own. But but (laughs) walk in the Spirit, you know, don't grieve the Spirit, you know, as it were. Live in the Spirit, you know. And it really is a life of freedom. Yes. Oh, I I mean, I, I say this, because I understand it. I don't mean I'm there no. <laughs> at yeah. all, yeah. But, but it is. And, and Christianity um, will do its best to weigh you down with legalism. Mm. That's what always happens. Mm. You, you know, and you just see it in virtually every single church. They all have their own little rules and laws, which are yeah. partly to keep some form of order, but mostly quench the spirit. Mm. And I think it must be, I'm glad I'm not a pastor. I think it must be hugely difficult to yeah. flow in the spirit. It week is. after week in a in, and in the Western culture yeah. and the British really, stiff really upper lip hard. culture. Really but, hard. But there, there is therefore now no condemnation. So you mentioned Romans 7 yeah. it, and then, and of course, thanks be to God, it ends well, Romans 7. Yes. But then it says, the law of the spirit of life yes. set us free. And uh, I used to do windsurfing, you know, when I was a school teacher. I did it a little bit and, uh, and then I got out too far. I wasn't great back. at it. But um, the key thing is, you, you have the wind. I mean, yeah. and I believe that wind is always blowing. Mm. You know, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace is now in us. He lives in us. He is, mm. it, it, he's there. Yeah. But often, if we are in the flesh, we, di- we disconnect from that. Mm. But as a windsurfer, you have to have the courage to lean back That's right. like this. That's right. And then the wind will fill the sail. Yeah. And we've got to, and it says, wait on the Lord yeah. and he will you know, renew your strength. Mm-hmm. But it talks about mounting up the wings like yeah. an eagle. Yeah. And it, it's not actually, uh, it actually means raise, raise up your wings to catch the wind. Yeah. So you believe the wind is there and then you catch yeah. the wind of the spirit and you let God carry you along. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to add actions to it, but it begins with you, your surrender. Yeah. Let the wind fill your sails. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to release control because he yeah, might take right. you that's to right. go this direction when you your preconceived idea is to go that direction. It's you know? very, very... I mean, the release of control is the key. You know, the wonderful <laughs> thing about Bible study is you, you, you can get a hundred sermons, you know, in one hour. It is like that. And, and the law of the spirit of life, you know, the thermodynamics, as it were, can lift you out of the law, overcome the law of gravity. It's all there, isn't it? It's wonderful. Yeah. It's a wonderful thought. Yeah. And those that don't, they just like Peter walking on the water, they just go down. Yeah. And yet, you know, it's exactly what he had to do. He had to. How are we getting Peter into so many passages <laughs> from Jonah? But he, he basically did just have to trust the Lord. Yes. And he did. People think, oh, isn't it terrible, Pete's lack of faith? And he did actually walk on water. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the point. We have little faith, but we can still walk on water. Um, okay. A technical point. The very yes. fact that they rode 
shows that they were still in the Mediterranean because what they would normally s to sail in the Mediterranean, they would follow the coastline. You know, yeah. it's not like they'd be go in the middle. Yeah. They would be kind of try and keep in sight. Of course, the wind was blowing them out, as it did with Paul. But they would, would try and keep in sight of the coastline for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. And that's why they thought they might have a chance to row to shore. Yes. You know. But um, so that means they weren't out in the Atlantic Ocean yet mm. on their way to Tarshish. Mm. Um, but uh, it's just a, a, a little point there. But how, how puny we are. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about the Titanic actually earlier, and I remember uh, seeing a, a picture of them putting up their flares. And then when you pan out, you see this tiny little ship with a few little mm. blips of, of light. Huge ocean. Uh, we, we are absolutely, you know, completely at the mercy. And so they're, they're rowing, but um, if you've ever been at the seafront and seen, I remember once our kids, you know, lost the football. It was actually near um, Deal in Sandwich. And, and the tide, that, that football was out miles within a very, very short time. The power, we are absolutely um, very limited. And now they're trying to sail across between planets. Um, it's ridiculous how puny we are. Yeah. And, and as you say, um, God created the sea and the dry land. Why did he mention that? Why did he say, and the dry land? <laughs> I'm just saying it. <laughs> Why not? Well, <laughs> all of their answer. gods were localised. So they would have, a, like, the god of the sea. Yeah. Oh, yes. And they would right. have the god of this and the god yeah. of that. Yeah. And the god of each nation would have their own god. Yeah. And often each family might have their own kind of personal. Yeah. So he's saying, I believe in the god of the whole creation. Yeah. I'm yes. talking yeah. about one of your yeah. little gods. Yeah. And they actually believe that now. They're believing in the creator god mm. who's revealed himself to the Hebrews mm. as Jehovah. And it seems like, and I'd like to believe that when they took vows, it says at the end of the chapter, that they're actually vowing to, to worship, the, Jehovah. worship Jehovah, yeah. not just the once. But how exciting but for them. Be okay. servants of Jehovah. Yeah, so we've got to a point where they, they are offering those vows. Yes, and taking What a wonderful, sacrifices. wonderful gift the Lord gave them. Yes. Mm. Of Jonah and of, you know, the, the Hebrew... Uh, concept of God and then the Hebrew scriptures. What a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, you just start that journey of discovery of the God who created Yes, and it's very, and very easy to miss something which I've, yeah. only, I've yeah. only just seen. I mean, I imagine that they took livestock of some form with them to sacrifice to their gods en route. Mm. And, it, and it says here in verse 16, then the men, this is the seas now is calm, Jonah's gone, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. So here we now have blood being offered as well. We have the full gospel, mm. sacrificial death and blood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. It must have been blood. I mean... They, was, how could, else could they have offered a sacrifice? They threw Unless stuff it was sacrifice overboard. Thanksgiving, but I don't yeah. think it was. I they think threw was stuff blood. overboard, but they would have kept some animals yes. back, obviously. It, and, and, yes, for food. So they, it and, would, it and, was a sacrifice because they wouldn't have yeah. had a lot of spare food. No, no. Because they were throwing mo most of the stuff overboard. So, yeah. Um, so uh, and there's no forgiveness of sins with, with, know, without blood. So, so in order for them to be saved, and they were, no doubt yes. about it, the authority is the 
the, the, um, mm. the, the death of Jesus on the cross, you know, the death of the Lamb before the foundation of the world. That's the authority, which is then worked out in practice in time. Mm. And, but it yes, and they feared the Lord. That's yes. often synonym for faith. Yes, yes. Not just terrified, no, right. but, you know, submitted. Yeah. yeah. Reverentially submitted to, mm. to Jehovah. Mm. Yeah, very good. Um, as the supreme. Which would be echoing what um, Jonah said, you know, I fear the Lord. Mm. Interesting, um, you know, we're in our last 10 minutes, but we can, we can go back to verse 8 maybe, where, where they, they are specifically, um, what is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? What people are you? Mm. That, that's, that's like a golden opportunity, isn't it, yeah. Yeah. Jonah, yeah. to just answer their question. And he probably would have given, the Bible gives us concentrated bits. Yeah. So Jonah may well have given them a good message, yeah. you know, for 15 minutes or 20 yes. minutes and, yeah. and really filled in a lot of, so their faith had a real foundation to it. And it is a wonderful privilege when someone, and it doesn't often come, it hasn't in my life, but I think if you're in the ministry full-time at a church, you'll you get these questions. But um, I, where someone, the Lord brings someone to you and they ask you the key question of yeah. the gospel. And I'd, I'd be quite honest, I'd, sometimes I've missed it. And I've only reflected afterwards and yeah. felt really... You have to pray that, for the... Yeah, the, the that I, that I've, yeah, that I've had, the Lord has brought someone to me. Well, I remember one occasion, a chap called Trevor at, at university, and he said, and he said, I was, um, I, w I saw the Billy Graham, you know, mm. pictures on TV, and I saw this sign in the crowd that said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And at that point in time, I didn't answer him. I, I, you know, and it was only after I thought, oh no, <laughs> it's, you know, the Lord has given me that yeah. opportunity. So we're literally down to our last few seconds. So just, can I just say? Very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, we're out of time. I think these were, they were missionaries. They yep. would have told the story. Yes. And I think that's part of going to set the scene for Jonah's impact. Fantastic. Thank you very much. See you next week. <laughs>